Julian Strother, Jalen Pickett, Tyson Hunt. We got new guys. They got Tyson Hunt. They got introduced to the Nuggets. We'll talk about them and more on Locked On Nuggets. You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. It's Hunter Tyson, by the way. Uh, <laughs> appreciate you guys joining us and making this part of your day. You can join us on all platforms from YouTube, where you can join a live version of the show and chat with folks hanging out with us like Maluton and J-Trap and Funky Puma and 555555-ish is back in the, in the chat and was first in today. We appreciate you guys making this part of your day. Make sure to leave us the five-star reviews if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or whatever app that you're using if there's a review function please hit us with those reviews they help us out so much you would be surprised at how much help it gives us my name is matt moore i'm the senior nba writer for the action network joined by adam mars dmvr you can catch pre and post game content before every and before and after every nuggets game and off-season content all summer long including i'm sure coverage of serbia's run in fiba world cup as well uh i i i will tell you adam i was like it's Hunter Tyson. It's Hunter Tyson. It's Hunter Tyson. And then I was like, it's Tyson Hunt. Like that's the name that I want. <laughs> that's what it sounds like to me. It's Tyson Hunt, but it's Hunter Tyson. Um, on today's show, we will talk about the Nuggets uh, first round and second round draft picks, which hopefully I'll get the names of right. Uh, we'll talk about what their, uh, what Adam's feelings are. This is going to be a Jalen Pickett love fest for you, for you guy, Adam here on the show. He's going to talk a lot about why he loves that pick. Uh, we'll talk about the overall fit of those guys, uh, thoughts in the presser, and more. We'll talk about Christian Brown and whether or not he should play in Summer League for the Denver Nuggets. And we'll talk about like where the Nuggets are lacking going into free agency, with free agency set to be just about five days away. Glad to have you with us. On a Tuesday, I'm back from vacation. I went to Steamboat Springs, beautiful Steamboat Springs. Shout out to Winona's in, Sh- in Steamboat Springs. That diner is an absolutely just incredible breakfast spot. My kids ate there. We ate there four times in three days. It was absolutely amazing. Um, I'm just want to give out some love for a Colorado original, Adam. There you go. How are you? I love it. How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm um, continuing to go further and further down the uh, Jalen Pickett rabbit hole. Every so every day grows a little more intense. Let, let's let's start there. Let's start with old Jalen Pickett. I think that's a good point. Of old Jalen. These are all old players. Old Jalen Pickett. Um, Grandpa, as he was named. Man, I love it. His nickname is Grandpa. Oh, his nickname Grandpa. By his we've had name. a dad. We've had an uncle. Now we've got a grandpa. What is your what is the thing about him? If I had to ask you, I mean, I'm sure that like you're gonna be you're not a guy that's gonna single in on one thing, but if I ask you the biggest thing about him that you're just like, I love this about Jalen Pickett's game, what's the thing that you like the most? He gets the ball popping. I mean, he's just a good passer. That's I mean, no me. I have a type. This is what it is, is you have to separate. I mean, when I say you, I mean me. I have to separate the love his skill set versus how well is it going to apply and you know, the first part of that, his skill set really is, first of all, he's so interesting. He plays basketball unlike anybody else. I love that it's nicknamed Booty Ball because first you hear it and you think, okay, it's funny. His style of play is called Booty Ball because he's he's strong. You know, I don't know. I'm not sure how tall he is, but he's big and he plays bigger. He's got that Julius Randle strength. 
where even guys that are the same size as him, he just pushes them out of the way. Like he, he knows he's stronger than even what his size is. And he's got pretty good physical, you know, um, strength, but he plays this style where he gets you on his hip and then he just almost booty bumps you and, and just kind of controls the game from at that pace and, and in that way. And I just love his style. It's so fun. He passes. He's got great vision. He seems like he'd be a lot of fun to play with. He's got a wide variety of skills. And then the idea that every analyst and coach in the NBA is going to have to start saying booty ball is just uh, it, it's it's too enticing. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Pickett did wait, uh, did at the combine six two without shoes, which I don't necessarily care about as much. I always like prefer the with with shoes stat. Whatever uh, the standard is, you know, like yeah, I don't. I, I feel like we cross compare all the time. Um, a hundred and ninety seven point eight pounds at the weigh in. I, uh, I, I got a clip for you, real quick, Matt. Okay, just real quick. You know, they go to uh, you know booty ball. And, uh, you know, it's really, really hard to guard. You've, just, never, you've never gone to a clip in the in, in StreamYard before? Like, you've never done anything. You've never shown a tweet, never shown a video from the presser, nothing. The first thing that you have ever done on StreamYard in this show is to show the booty ball clip. I just, how great is it a coach, an old coach happened to sit up there and say booty ball? I just love it. Uh, really amazing. Um, Six seven wingspan for uh for Pickett, so he's compact, right? But he is extremely powerful. I will say, like I did a, a few clips on him. Um, are you of the opinion that like what are players on the Nuggets roster that he's likely to play with? Because one of the things that has bothered me is that whether it's Strother or Pickett or whoever, everyone's like, well, you know, with Yoke, and I'm like, okay, but like everyone looks great with Nicole. <laughs> And right. not everyone gets to play with Nicola. So like- well, that's what's interesting, though, Matt. For me, about Pickett is, I actually think he is the 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 if if he hits, he would be the guy that is Jokic when Jokic is not on the court. Meaning, he's would he play well with Yoke? Probably, because to your point, everyone does. Although I don't know that he's the perfect fit because he does the Jokic stuff. So, do you need somebody to do that when Yoke's on the court? I don't know. The idea for me, the hope, is that he can be good enough that he would be the replacement for Yoke so you don't fall off stylistically from when Yoke goes to the court. So right now, if Jokic is on the court, Aaron Gordon cuts hard. He seals hard. Guys spot up. They get to the corner. They get to their spots because they know they'll be rewarded, right? Yoke's going to find you depending on what the defense does. When Jokic goes to the bench, I feel like it's a little more stagnant. Guys aren't cutting as hard. The ball's not moving. And there's an understanding that, hey, why would I cut really hard here? I'm probably not going to get it. He's a guy that I think played at least in college in a way that was rewarding to do all of those cuts and screens and keep movement in the offense so if he is good enough to do those things in the at the nba level then you can have a level of continuity between your two units even though him and Jokic are different players that's really interesting that's really fascinating um they 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 found their Jokic, their second unit Jokic at at booty ball guard in the second round would be an incredible nugget story. He's uh, also, by the way, Matt, a really good scorer. And I, you know, so I've been going through over the weekend. It was all of his playmaking, you know, all of the setup yeah. last night. I'm going through a lot of his scoring. You know, I want to see like, all right, let me look at every shot he took so I can see the, see if the, what patterns emerge. First of all, he's a pretty good three point shooter. He shot 38% last year. And when you look at the types of shots he took, they aren't easy. He kind of operated the way Yoke does from three-point line, where it's 
not his pre preference to take the three, even though he's pretty good at it. His mind frame is elsewhere. But when he is forced, and a lot of his threes were late shot clock, they were difficult shots because it's like, I got to create something here. And I, I just, I don't think he's a great three-point shooter. I don't think he's ever going to be like a Michael Porter Jr. or that mold. But I think he's a good one. I think he's like a reliable three. I don't think he's a liability that teams are going to be like, we're going under on every screen. So I think he is good and can grow into a being a very good three-point shooter, even if it's not something he's looking for. And then his he's very good at just getting the separation um, eight feet from the basket. Like he uses his size, kind of bumps you, and then falls away or pivots away and gets to like a little eight-foot shot that he's very, very good at. I let his uh, his at rim numbers are really good. Uh, 1.28 points per possession uh, at the rim, 64% from the field. Catch and shoot, he shot 38% from three last year. Um, are you of the opinion that some of the the shooting is maybe based off of the like he's going to struggle with expanding to the three point line in the NBA? I think so. Yeah, I, I mean, I think most players do. Again, you can just tell guys who are natural shooters, and Strother maybe is a little bit of this where you're like, that's just a shooter. And then you're guys that have worked to become good, reliable shoot. He's the second type. He's the guy that I think has worked to become reliable. And his three-point shot to me, I think, will be on like a Bruce Brown caliber. Is Bruce Brown a great three-point shooter? No. But is he a reliable one who can get hot and, and not a guy that you're just going to leave open? Yes. And I think he can be like that. How do you feel about a lineup with Pickett, Strother, and Brown? Uh, uh, Christian Brown, I assume yes. on, on that one. Um, Kiddo, a kiddos lineup. I, I mean, again, they're both two guys are so yeah. We're gonna, we'll get to Strother later. I'm pretty low on Strother as sort of the counterbalance to all of this. I'm, I think I'm lower than most. Um, I, I, it's a little. I don't know. It's a weird one. You'd have a shooter. You'd have another defensive player, and then you have a guy who's a little bit of both and pick it. Um, it might work. I mean, positionally and functionally, you have the floor spacer, you have the slasher, and you have the point guard. So functionally, I think it could work. I just am low on Strother, so I look at that and go, it's probably not good enough defensively in the backcourt. Uh, I assume you feel pretty confident that Nicola will like playing with, with Pickett. I'm, I, I'm, I think I, I think he's going to like Pickett. I don't know how much he'll play with him again. That's that's the thing is I think he's another guy that he'll like appreciate watching, but playing with some of his talents just get wasted because you need to get the ball to Jokic every time, get the ball out of your hands, get it to his hands. Hmm. But I think he would be good. I, and I do like, he's a good, I put this on a video. I made a 20 minute scouting video up on the DNVR YouTube page. He's very good off ball. I mean, in college he played on ball. And by the way, when people say like, you know, his usage was so high, his teammates loved playing with him. And I think that usage being high, was a function of their style of offense. And then I saw somebody in the chat say they're stagnant. I don't think they are. They ran a very, like, there was a lot of motion in their offense. Guys were constantly moving, and I actually loved watching their offense when I started scouting it. But uh, he actually has, in rare instances in college, when he played off ball, he played it extremely well, was a great cutter, was a really good passer off the cut, so he would cut, catch, and make a quick touch pass off of it. And then he was a good connector. When he was just like a corner or wing spacer, he was very good at making quick swing passes, you know, if that was the right play. So I... I don't think he's selfish or likes the ball, like over enjoys having the ball in his hands. I just think it was a function of what he was for Penn State. That's really cool. That's really good to hear uh, because that fits very well with what the Nuggets do. Um, the guy that comes to my mind when you talk about this, because what you're talking about also is like a guy that can have the ball in his hands, but also functions as a secondary creator, right? Yeah. 
the guy that, that you may, you're making me think of is, is Lonzo Ball. Yep. I mean, he's very Lonzo-esque. That's why I like him. I mean, it's a similar yeah. corner of, of the world. Yeah. Uh, all right. On the other side, we'll talk about Julian Strother, why Adam's a hater. Uh, we'll get into a little bit of that. Plus, we'll talk about should Christian Brown play Summer League? Should, should Christian Brown play Summer League? We'll talk about that on the other side. But first, I need to tell you about eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time that you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With the eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us, making this part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Tuesday, getting Adam's exuberance over Jalen Pickett, which will continue throughout Summer League. Um, you're going to have to let me know on Twitter at Locked On Nuggets if you want me to just film Adam during the Jalen Pickett minutes at Summer League. Like, I'll just get like a live cam on him. I'm, I'm, I'm curious how he's going to be, to be honest, at Summer League. Because he's so unique and because that is basically pickup level basketball. Yeah, the disorganization. Some guys don't look good. And I wonder if he'll be – I mean, I, I, he could go either way. They did bring in one of his teammates um, from Penn State to be on the Summer League roster. who's a pretty good shooter and he has good chemistry with, so maybe that helps. But two point guards, I think it's actually – Summer League, I know we say this every year. Harrison Wynn's been teasing me. The Nuggets have an interesting summer league for a few reasons. One, and that they actually have a lot of players that will be playing. Yeah. Including maybe Christian Brown, we'll talk about here in a second. But also, they have two point guards fighting for the same role on the same team. That's inherently a fun dynamic. Man, that is interesting. With this, it could have disaster potential even, you know, when it's both these guys trying to impress doing the same maybe, job. Maybe, but I also think that that those – I think that, that – a lot. Well, I'll also say this: a lot of that does get into like what your approach is, because um, people will. Some people in the league will be like, "Come on, it's summer league!" Like, no. And I'll just tell you, like, some teams take some. They, they take summer league extremely seriously because they take everything extremely seriously. And those teams tend to be very organized. And those teams, because there's also a message conveyed of like, you're not going to get judged on how many points you score. Right. Like, yeah. that's not yeah. going to. That's not going to help or hurt you, right. uh, based off of like. If you shoot badly, we're not going to cut you. Right. That's unless that's like a pure shooter, right? Like that's not what's what's going to wind up happening. I, um, I think for me, summer league, it's less about are they good or bad, and more about what things seem to have translated, or you know what what popped. Yeah. Like Christian Brown last year played great defense. He didn't shoot well, so you would say he played poorly. But to me, it was like no, his defense and anticipation really looks like it's going to be NBA level. That um, was the important data point. Did Calvin Booth answer whether who's going to coach or not? Did Malone answer who's going to coach summer league? Malone didn't speak only Calvin and no, it wasn't even asked. Um, so I will be curious to find out who that'll be. All right. I'm going to dig around on that. See if I can find out. Um, I want to hit this point real quick before we get to Strother. Um, Asher says, will Malone give any significant, significant minutes to PY and then you do draft picks during the regular season. Um, Too far away to, know, to be honest, this has been like a thing that I, I just want to like, everyone else has gotten their victory laps. I just want to take a little bit of, of my time. This is the one thing like 
Malone played RJ Hampton because RJ Hampton busted his ass on defense and they had no other better options. But like they play, he played RJ Hampton. Christian Brown not only worked his way into the rotation, played in the finals. Uh, Bones Highland was the backup point guard going into this season. So like, I don't know any coach that's going to be like, I love playing rookies. Mm-mm. Give me some rookies. No coach in the NBA is like that. None. Because they know that it's high mistake basketball that lowers their chance of winning and increases the odds of them getting fired. But I do think at this point, it's fair to be like, no, no, no. If the situation calls for it, Malone will play the young guys. I think that's fair at this point to say. I mean, part of this is we're kind of entering a new phase for the Nuggets, I think, where they're going to just have more of these players on the roster by necessity. Like the NBA set up where the Nuggets have a very expensive top five and they're going to have to have a very cheap, you know, bottom 10. And depending on whether or not Bruce comes back, whether or not Jeff Green is brought back, you know, all those things, Denver might just, Malone might not have options. It might come down to things like Reggie Jackson or Jalen Pickett. And if that's your option, you're talking about a vet who's even by Michael Malone standards, probably past his prime, you know, long in the tooth versus a rookie who's too green. Both of those are almost equally tough options for a coach to, to make. Whereas last year, you know, Jeff Green, still a player, you know, you still had guys that were a little bit more like reliable to play. So I think that's going to be one of the interesting storylines of the Nuggets next season. Let's talk about Strother. So Julian Strother, you're not as high on, which is interesting because most of not just CT Fazio, who's always my comparison point, but like a lot of Nuggets Twitter I've seen is pretty high on Strother. So I'm interested to hear why you're not as high on. And it's okay. You can like, I understand that you're open to, to possibilities, but like j- initial reads. I have no pride in my like draft takes. Like this is not a thing that I get sensitive about. To me, it's almost like it's one of the lamer things I think to like really stake your flag on because there's just so many variables at play. Most of which most people will never will never know. But for me, Strother, you just look at the skill set. First of all, he's an incredible shooter, and he has incredible confidence. You know who he reminds me of as I started getting into the film? I told Harrison this last night. He reminds me of um, high school Lamelo Ball. And that remember LaMelo's shot selection was just so like, he's so confident that he would take, like he could be off balance and falling and shoot him. Strother is similar. He makes 40% of his three. So it's not, this is not a critique of him. It's to say that to be a great shooter, you have to have like no conscience. Right. And he has that for sure. He's very quick triggered. He can, some of his misses are horrible misses, like hits the top of the backboard because he shot it so fast. And then he'll get a shot one minute later and swish it from 40 feet. Like, he has no hesitation on his jumper, and I believe in it. The reason I don't believe in him, you know, everybody talks about the great floater, and that's a big thing. The he the floaters replace rim shots because he's not good at getting to the rim or good at finishing at the rim. And so he's better than most at floaters, but most people are better at layups than floaters, and he takes more floaters than layups, if that makes sense. So I don't know that he's going to be able – if he can't do that in college, the NBA I think he's going to have a hard time getting to and finishing at the rim – and I, I just think that might limit him as an offensive player before you even get to the defense. I always think back to the Jose Alvarado thing um, with uh, D'Angelo Russell. Are you familiar with that clip? What, what was it? <laughs> D'Lo was playing the Pelicans early on in Jose Alvarado's career. And D'Lo had not read the scouting report, unsurprisingly. And, and you hear him yell out, yell out, can he shoot? Oh, and yeah. Jose Alvarado answers him, yes, I can shoot. Which was amazing. Um, the reason I bring that up is like I feel like if you guys are gonna ask him, can he get to the rim? And then the answer is like, no, like he's 45, he's 45th percentile 
uh, nationwide at the rim uh, is Julian Strother. But like, I think for me, the reason I liked it when I did the the very quick work on on draft night was just. I don't think that the Nuggets have a lot of guys that are one dimensional. Like they actually very. This is one of the things is, and it's one of the reasons. Um, can, can I wax? Can I wax a little yeah. bit here? I'm so like my basketball spirit has been so invigorated by the Nuggets' success, and it's not just because I do this show. It's that like they played such a cool brand of basketball, and it worked, and it won. Like. They, they weren't just like, yeah, we're going to have two dominant players and surround them with a bunch of guys that can shoot, right? Like, that's essentially every James Harden team. Even when it was like Clint Capella, that pick and roll was just – was you couldn't stop it because of Harden, not because of Capella, but because of Harden. And it was just like, on the other side, we're just going to have, like, three dudes that can just – that all they're going to do is spot up and shoot. And it is, like, really boring and predictable. And, like, I don't hate it because, like, I'm I, – I like the diversity – but I love the fact that like AG can do a bunch of stuff and actually KCP, like KCP did a bunch of stuff on, but like off of handoffs rising from that, that short nail jumper, stuff like that. And like Bruce Brown, obviously doing everything that they did. So like, there's all these guys that can do everything that said, I think often when you have guys that are more versatile, you do often lose a little bit of pure shooting. And so maybe like having a guy on roster that could potentially be like, no, 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 like this is what he does, but he's extremely high level at it. Like, and also that's a building block where you start with that and then you add more stuff, which is like what, how I want to talk about Christian Brown as well. Like, that's the thing that I want to talk about. I don't even necessarily know that the Nuggets, you can't say the Nuggets are lacking shooting. They were the best, they were the, like the second best <laughs> team in the, in the league and like one of the right. best point teams and all these things. But, well, by the way, Calvin did though. That's why I was laughing. Calvin did say there were times in the playoffs where he I felt, felt like they were, were one shooter, shooter shy. Short. Yeah, which, which, is, is which is you know uh, crazy but when the given the offensive rating they put up but i, I do kind of get it and especially i think on the second unit is i do think you need to have like you have to have a lot of threats for the spacing to be correct for any unit without nicola that's what i think is really funny uh, again it's just like amazing what what Jokic is that the problem when you're center when you're seven foot slow or center is on the floor your problem is that you don't have enough spacing because he creates so much gravity for everyone else that the spacing is like that again it's just really interesting stuff like we're in a totally new era of the nba and it's really fascinating um i, I think strother i'm like we're, we're picking i'm more excited about his non-yokage value strother is a guy that i mean he guy the, the guy shoots man and yeah. when he's open he's deadly and to your point, if it's just a matter of, hey, we need an extra shooter on the court, throw him out there with Yoke, he's going to get wide open shots and he's going to make them. And he has a quick trigger. Yeah, I mean, look, his over, like all field goal attempts last last season uh, in college, uh, he was still at a 1.14, 84th percentile offensively. Like, and that's without getting to the rim. That's right. So that's that's the stuff where it's like, he's almost, you said one dimensional, not Nuggets not have him. He's kind of one dimensional, I think. Yeah. I mean, he has the floater, but to me, again, I discount the value of that floater because I don't want the Nuggets shooting a bunch of floaters. Yeah. But he, but he is a really, really good uh, three-point shooter, and and he's one-dimensional, but he's great at that one dimension. On the other side, we'll talk about whether Christian Brown should play in summer league. Also, a look at where the Nuggets are lacking going into free agency. We'll talk about some of the options there and a couple of ideas for what they can look at. We'll talk about that and more on the other side here on Locked On Nuggets. 
Back here on Locked On Nuggets, thanks for joining us, making this part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us. Matt Moore alongside Adam Mares on a Tuesday as we kick off. Kick off? Maybe. I guess it's fair to say that we kick off like the off. This is like, this is like the real offseason discussion. We're talking about draft picks and summer league and free agency and all that stuff. Um, Programming notes. If the Nuggets do anything that's like, whoa, which I don't think any of us, we don't expect that because I don't know if you know this, but the Nuggets won the championship. But if they were to do something that's like, whoa, we'll do an emergency pod on that. Um, that's we will do like be on the lookout for that. So if the Nuggets make us a, a free agency sign that we're not expecting, um, we'll we'll be in the mood and the zone to do that. Uh, let's talk about Christian Brown for a second. So the news kind of came out that Christian Brown is it might is that a fair a fair suggestion? Yes, might. I I, I poked around and said nothing had been decided yet. Nothing has been decided yet. Christian Brown might play in summer league. Uh, like a game. Yeah. Right. Right. There's like a couple of, of different ways to look at this. One of the things that I think that people can, will assume is that if you play in summer league, it's because you need to. And that's not necessarily how teams view it. I think players view it that way. I think players view like I have to work in the summer right um the success story that i will continue to like circle in very bright green is desmond bain that to me is the reason for christian brown to do this is that desmond bain his rookie season was a shooter that's what he was is that he was like a great shooter right off the bat like oh hey he's really he's got some good good defense and he's got um some moves but he couldn't create on ball at all and so like I had, I, like most other people had penciled in Desmond Bain. It was like, Oh, he's one of these like three and D dudes. Like, okay. He can shoot cut if necessary. You know, he'll make the willing pass smart player, but like, that's the limitation on him. And the Grizzlies sent Desmond Bain to summer league. And we're like, we want you to play on ball all right. the time. Like all the time. Okay. And I was at those games and it's not like Desmond Bain looked awesome. Like, I'll just tell you right now, Desmond Bain did not like, it wasn't like, whoa, he's got way more in the bag. It was getting him comfortable with those decisions, especially in a tough environment. And it wasn't just the games. It was in practice as well. So you've got like a week, you've got a training camp before summer league. And you're do, you're there with the guys and you're basically learning like, what's your name? And then you go to Vegas and you hang out and you do Vegas things. And then you play in the day. You've got like one practice in the, in the morning on your off day. You have the rest of the day to chill out in Vegas by the pool. You play the next day, et cetera. And Bain, I talked to Des, like I was the only person in the post game thing for Desmond, and I was like, I got to talk to him for a few minutes because he's like, I got nowhere else to be, and so like I was talking to him, and he was like, Yeah, they just told me they want me to work more on ball, and I was like, Do you feel it's beneficial? He's like, Actually, yeah. He's like, I needed a little bit more experience with running a team this way and being able to understand and see the floor in that capacity because I'd always been in my role, and like he talked about that. And when I look at Christian, a lot of what I think back to is the times in the postseason when he struggled were times when Christian was not sure of what to do. And I think that seeing the floor in different capacities makes you understand those things. We tend to go the opposite way when we talk about basketball development, where it's you need to understand your space as well as possible. But a better thing is honestly, I think a lot of times, especially in the NBA, is to see those angles from different perspectives and more experience for him. Even if he's not like bringing the ball up court and running point, 
situations where he catches and is able to pump fake drive and understand where to get to on the floor because he was improvising a lot, especially in the playoffs on ball, on drives off spot ups. If they respected his three mixed results, he had a couple games where that like really popped and it kind of won him the game, but then he had games where it wasn't working and it was like, okay, what does this guy do on offense? Right. And so I think a lot of this also is like, it's un- it's when he was able to, and even then, I think the times when he was able to be successful was like him improvising. Yep. And so him understanding, and the like, rest of the team kind of being surprised by it, like what's yeah. he doing? Oh, there it is, a layup. Yeah, like oh hey. So that development, I think, is where there's real value in Christian Brown going to summer league. So here's how I would phrase it: a player of Christian's caliber, which is to say, we all think he's a role player, right? He doesn't have star. We don't think he's a star. He's a role player, and could be a very, very good one. At what point, like how many years into their career? do the possibilities of what different things they can do diminishes down to almost zero. I think for a player like him, it's like three years. I would say it's more of an age thing. I think by 26, you are what you are. And that can change for different, like Jordan Clarkson, I think is a guy that maybe added a little, you know, there's, there's rare examples, but it's not the mold that Christian Brown is. Christian Brown is more of a, are we going to, do we need this guy to be a spot up three point shooter, a pick and roll, you know, third option or second, like, what is it a slasher only, you know, yep. those types of things. Is it all of that or is it some of it? And I wonder, I, I would imagine that if, if he plays, and again, I can say this with confidence. The idea is, Hey, we want to see you do these couple of things. Is that handle the ball in the pick and roll? Is that handle d- dribble handoffs? Is that see how many threes you can get up, you know, in one game? Cause we want to see the volume. Like, are you good at getting quick shots off? It's something of that that they would say, hey, you're going out for one game and we want you to do something different than what you've shown so far, which is your main role. But we want you to step outside of that a little bit. And for one game, I understand it. The only pushback I would have, I have two pushbacks. One, how much are you really going to gain from a summer league game? Especially usually when players play, it's game one. So you're talking about game one. These guys have been together for four days and now you're throwing Christian out there and saying, hey, let's earn a data point about you being a pick and roll ball hmm. handler with guys that don't even really know your name yet. I don't know if that's a great data point. And then two, this is the team so far, Matt. Colin Gillespie, Jalen Pickett, Julian Strother, Peyton Watson, Hunter Tyson, Ishmael Kamagate. And then presumably somebody they'll be bringing in that will be vying for another two-way. That's seven guys most likely that the Nuggets are going to be evaluating before you get to Christian Brown. At a certain point, there's too many guys like to throw another one out there and say, hey, all of you, game one, I know this is your debut, but we want to see Christian Brown run pick and roll, so we're going to change things up. It just it seems like you might be doing too many things, but it's not a big deal either way. I'll push back a little bit. Um, I would actually say that, that the first game is usually the best performance for a number of reasons. Um, one, everyone's excited to play. Um, two, the other guy, they, they're, they're not um, – being in Las Vegas as a young player making now a lot of money, often on loan from your agent, uh, tend, tends to take its toll over the course of the week there. Two or three, I would say you can you can pretty much have – this is the nice thing about Summer League is you can program. Like we want to see this right? Like our game plan in this game is we're going to do this and you have enough minutes in the game because also like Christian's not going to play like third, well, he might be, but like I, Christian's going to only going to play a certain amount of minutes, right? You're right that there's, that it's a shaky data point. But again, I think it's more about what you learn from the entire process of going from 
training camp through game one. Now they may decide like there's two things here. They may decide that they don't want Christian to do it. And Christian may decide that he doesn't want to do it. Right. Like <laughs> some of this is a little like summer leagues. Once you have gotten to once you have a guaranteed contract, summer leagues, not entirely voluntary. It's a little voluntary. Um, and so like if Christian was like, no, no, no. Like I just, I, especially if he says I'm exhausted, like, I just don't feel right. Then they're going to be like, don't worry about it. It's fine. Right. But if Christian's like, no, I'm good. I can play, which that honestly seems a little bit more like how Christian is. Um, I think that there's, there's maybe a little bit of value. And, and here's the thing. There's, there is kind of, there's some risk, but there's zero cost. That's like the difference. There's risk to him playing basketball, but there's risk to him doing anything. <laughs> And like playing pickup, going to pro-ams, anything. There's zero cost here in terms of like, you go, it doesn't work out. You didn't see what you wanted to. You can pick it back up in training camp and in off-season workouts back in, in August. So that's kind of, a, I think, one way to look at. Um, the Nuggets are headed towards free agency. And they got, got some vets they're going to want back on, I think, minimums. I'm interested to know how many you would like back. And I'm also curious about if you think that there are specifically things that they should look to add in free agency, given their limited means to do so. I'm asking me what I think about that. I'll tell you what I expect to happen. I mean, Bruce is either going to sign resign or not. I don't know if you've been on social media lately, but he sure is posting a lot of him and nuggets gear and nuggets stuff. So it's, I love how I love this time of year when everybody's reading the tea leaves on those types of things. Then I saw one where he's wearing Jason Tatum shoes. What does that mean? Like, <laughs> I love it. We're all going to have to sit and wait and then the report will come out and, and then we'll know. But um, I expect that to be the big domino. If he does, my expectation is that the Nuggets are going to run it back with Jeff Green and maybe DeAndre Jordan, and that's going to be their offseason. And Nuggets fans will probably – I think be excited, rightfully so, because you're bringing back the core that just won a championship, so you should be excited. Um, if they don't get Bruce, though, I kind of don't know that they they find anybody else outside of what they already have. It maybe means that they bring back a Reggie Jackson or an Ish Smith or somebody like that, and you know maybe leave a roster spot open. I know a lot of teams are talking about leaving roster spots open to stay below the apron and below the new um, you know threshold. Mess. What's that? It's a mess. Well, you know, Matt, it's funny. You can have three two-way guys and 14 roster guys, and you actually save money by having the exact same roster you probably would have had otherwise, and I think teams probably see that. But um, So I say all that to say it it's fun, and we can talk it, it later on in the week about potential options for free agents. I know we're not going to get into that today. I just don't think it's going to matter because I think Denver is more or less locked into the roster they're going to have. Hmm. With a Bruce caveat there of like, hey, what's he going to do? Yeah, I think um, it's going to be interesting to kind of look at how many spots they have and how many they like where they want to fill those guys at, right? Because you've got six, seven, eight, nine. You got nine guys on guaranteed deals. And then you've got the three rookies that presumably you want to give a spot to. So that leaves three spots basically for to be able to fill in with what you want, not including the, the two ways. So I, we'll see kind of where, where they come out uh, on these types of things. I will say, like, Mahalo mentions, like, Corey Joseph. Um, Corey's fallen off, but I would still be a little bit surprised if Corey was, was like, that low. Um, DeLon Wright is a name that's been mentioned a lot because of the, um, the trade exception that exists. 
the Wizards would have to be basically just in like, oh, wow, we just really did not have any offers. And like they've done a bunch of deals that are like, oh, wow, we haven't had any offers. So maybe that's entirely the case. And they do have a glut at, at guard right now. Um, but like when I'm looking at the possibilities for guys for the Nuggets, I am way down the list. Like I am way down the list. And these are like, in case of emergency, who do you want? Like, and that's really how that you have to kind of look at this and think about this is like, in case of emergency, who do you want sitting there being like, yeah, I can come in and I can play 20 minutes a night. Yeah. Um, which honestly, like, I'll be, I'll be real with you. I mean, you, the, no, this is not surprising at all. I, of course, very predictably, I'm just like, why not just bring back ish? I mean, he doesn't fit the MO of what Denver's trying to do just in terms of size. Right. I, I think that's part of it, but there is a world in which here's my fear, Matt. <clears throat> if you lose Bruce, you lose something real tangible. One, a second ball handler, right? Like yep. a, a sec, and then also just a good player who does a lot of different things. So now you're really counting on all, all these other pieces. If you bring back Reggie Jackson to me, the idea that a guy like Pickett or Colin has a chance to overtake them. They start behind him, but you know what? Let's see what happens over the course of the season because Reggie Jackson is not a true point guard. He's a scoring point guard. So automatically, just from a fit perspective, it's like, is that the best use of that? And then two, he has declined over the last two seasons, right? So you're kind of hoping on him being what he was a couple seasons back, and that that's a long shot. But would Michael Malone default to reggie over a rookie that he's probably gonna have to suffer for like two months before they're like even ready to be a regular season player that's a tough ask of a coach of a head coach so <laughs> to me reggie jackson is almost the worst case scenario where <clears throat> he's good enough to deserve to be in front of the rookies but not good enough that i love the process denver would be going with for the season i mean i'll just say this like i get the whole issue is small i get that i don't think you need to have the entire one through 15 fit the profile. I think once you get into that back, that back section, you can be like, well, yeah, no, he like, he's, he's not one of our, he's not our intended makeup, but he's not going to play anyway. When we were playing our intended makeup. Right? I a hundred percent agree. It's just, that's the regular season thing. And yeah. I'm with you like regular yeah. season. I'm with you. Well, I think this then is when my... you get to the playoffs, what yeah. is your actual top group? And it's Christian. And then after that, are we talking Zeke Naji, Peyton Watson? Yeah. Like uh, you start to get to a bunch of guys that are such question marks that I don't like the idea of you can get to a playoffs and only have six guys you actually trust. Um, I will just say this: like I am. Congrats to Reggie Jackson, NBA champion, big government. I I just don't. I personally don't feel like he's a fit on the roster. I I I we actually agree on this point. I would prefer Ish to Reggie on the second unit. I would just prefer that both of those guys. The, the rookies have a real shot of overtaking them if they earn it. Not given to them, but if they earn it. But I'm with you. If I had to pick between the two, it's Ish every time. He's more of a point guard. We'll talk about other options as the week goes on. we got lots of shows to fill in here. So we'll start talking about some of the other free agency options as well. We'll talk about whatever the breaking news is in the NBA. As the offseason drama continues, make sure to check out DMVR on the day for great content, as well as you go check out Adam's uh, Love Fest for Jalen Pickett over on the DMVR YouTube page. Uh, have your get outside go touch i cannot recommend this enough go touch grass i touched a lot of grass over the weekend i would adam you would be shocked over the weekend it was so small i'm so proud of myself i had no red bull i went three days without red bull and i did not get on 
Twitter except for like a 15 minute period every night. Good job, man. Uh, hey, you know what you missed? Yeah. You, do you know what you missed? What? Nothing. <laughs> you didn't miss anything. So good job. And that's, yeah, that's, that's why I was proud of that stuff. Have yourselves a great week. Enjoy the week. We'll talk to you guys again tomorrow on another edition of Walk on Nights.